The most important thing you could share with me today is your perspective. Because the freedom of perspective fuels the logic we use to defend truth. We never stop fighting for freedom and truth, and that is what makes us Americans. Welcome to Critical Thought with Noah Chalaya. News Radio 1310, KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM. Good morning. It is 10.07 and 37 out as we make our way to a daytime high of 65. Prominent anti-abortion lawmakers and advocates are working with representatives of North Dakota's medical field on legislation to reconcile the differences in state law that some doctors say could hinder their care for pregnant patients with life-threatening ailments. So this is the first crack at abortion in 50 years and largely made possible because of the Supreme Court justices that were placed on the Supreme Court. They made a decision to hand the issue of abortion back to the states, take it from the federal government and hand it back to the states. And as part of that, North Dakota had a law on the books for, I think, the last 15 years or so that would outlaw abortion within 30 days if the U.S. Supreme Court ever overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. So with the high court's uh, Dobbs v. Jackson ruling in June, that 15-year-old legislation was triggered. And now doctors are concerned. And they're saying that there is a real possibility that people will lose access to abortion that need it with life-threatening ailments. You are going to get to decide where you fall down on, on this particular issue. And then we're going to handle it at a state level. And so you're going to watch this conversation unfold 50 or so times. And likely you'll wind up with, a varying degree of decisions by the 50 states. They don't flat out call for every exception in the North Dakota state law. Essentially, the way that that 15 year old law is written, if the trigger law takes effect, uh, the concern is that it's going to be unclear if North Dakota health providers could legally perform uh, abortions on patients with things like ectopic pregnancies or other non-viable pregnancies. So the idea here is there is no possibility or no real possibility that the baby makes it to term anyway. And in the process of leaving the mother just pregnant, potentially threatens her life. And so the law stops short of flat out calling for exceptions. Instead, they encompass it under a larger umbrella. Quote, the triggered law does not include an exception for doctors treating atopic pregnancies. However, it offers medical professionals what's known as an affirmative defense for acting in their professional judgment. This means a doctor could still be charged with a class C felony for violating the law, but would have a defense in court if that could that could negate criminal liability. 
My question to you at 775-5559 is, does the law need to go any further than that? Creating a an explicit, not creating an explicit exception, but rather providing for an affirmative defense that a doctor acted in the best interest of his or her patient. I pose that question to you because a few things are true. So the first thing that is true is we don't necessarily agree on when life begins. You ask 50 people out in public and you'll probably get a very varying different answers. And so because we don't agree on exactly where we draw that line, the, the, the entire issue becomes muddy. But I submit to you that human history is littered with examples of people trying to qualify what actually decides is human. We've tried that before. In the 1860s, Americans argued that if all black people maybe weren't human. And then we had that discussion and fought a war over it. In the 40s, there was a particular political party in Germany that put forward that Jews weren't quite human, maybe substandard. And now in 2022, the discussion has come up again of what qualifies for human life. This time, I implore you in the strongest possible way. This time, if we're in doubt, let's take the most cautious approach and err on the side of caution. Because if we're wrong and you look back, this is going to be the time period with the largest genocide in human history. Catholic Conference Director Christopher Dodson, an anti-abortion attorney, said there's no legal ambiguity for doctors treating atopic pregnancy, though the bill he and Mydrill are crafting would square the language on the books to make that even cleaner. Dotson noted that Dotson noted that he and Mydrill have been in positive discussions with the North Dakota Medical Association and the North Dakota Hospital Association to create legislation that alleviates the medical community's concerns. The Bismarck doctor also object objected to the lack of exceptions for the impending abortion ban. The trigger law contains affirmative defense for medical professionals who perform abortions in cases of rape and incest, while abortion control act does not specifically mention rape or interest. I submit to you, this is the appropriate uh, way to handle this. I submit to you that no further law is necessary and no further exceptions are necessary. And here's why in general, the idea should be that medical professionals act in the best interest of their patient and to preserve life, provide comfort and preserve life. At the moment, we don't allow euthanasia. If we want to have that discussion, I'm open to having that discussion because when living, when, when your simple existence of living means suffering for you, there should be a different way because we don't treat animal. We treat animals better than that. So I'll start that, you know, to, to exemplify the gamut, how wide of a range this can go. We'll absolutely leave that on the table. And then that opens up the discussion of, well, when do we terminate life? Perfectly viable life that could be there. When do we terminate it? And if we want to have that discussion, that's a box. Let's open it and let's have that discussion. But we're not in that box right now. Right now, the box that we're in is presumably people who the box we start with is people or individuals who have nothing wrong with them, who could be perfectly viable. Those people have rights. 
just because they are not through the entire process of being born doesn't negate the fact that they're a person and that they have rights. And so the presumption, the starting place for medical professionals and everybody else should be that is a separate individual from the mother and is entitled to his or her own individual rights. Now, if there's a threat to the mother, now, if there's a a, a non-viable pregnancy, now we can start having a discussion of, well, there is no option to save this individual. There is no option to help this person. We haven't moved the goalposts. We haven't changed what is undeniably true. We have just decided if with great intentionality when this is appropriate and when it's not appropriate. Your thoughts are welcome at 775-5559. You're on KNOX. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Um, I was wondering, I've had a, um, I've had a hard time trying to figure out how this, uh, how this can play out. Um, if the Republicans take um, the House and the Senate, and they get a national abortion ban, right, and just make it easier for all the states. Um, one of the things that I, I don't think, I think a lot of us men are thinking but are afraid to talk about is some of the natural consequences that would affect our daily lives. So one of the things that I've been trying to figure out how when that national abortion ban uh it became the law of the land. Now the rules overturned. How do, how do, uh, how, what happens to my teenage son, right? If he gets a girl pregnant and her parents want the, want an abortion and it's okay still for, uh, rape and incest, but you know, we, we, we don't uh, we don't want the abortion, right? The son's okay with it. My son, uh, would she will will she have to claim rape to get the abortion? So there's a couple things to unpack there. So the the first thing is the Tenth Amendment does not ban anything, right? So because the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, abortion is not banned at the federal level. It is simply turned right. back to the states. So the states get right. to choose. So there is no national abortion ban. And so far as I understand it, there isn't a large appetite for a large national abortion ban where most people that I've talked to are pretty comfortable letting the states handle it themselves. But this, to your second question, if your son didn't engage in raping somebody or incest, then it would be a lie to go to a doctor and say this was a result of rape or incest. And so I want an abortion. So I, I yeah, guess but- I'm not entirely following um, that's just one of the things that could happen, you know, like, um, what if both of the kids want the abortion, you know, the only way it would have to be by claiming, uh, by claiming rape, but sir, respectfully, you know? but sir, respectfully, what's happening here is I've started with, I've started from the premise that this, this baby has, it has an individual rights. And essentially, I think what we're talking about here is you saying these two people came together. They made an intentional decision to engage in, uh, in, in creating a child. And now they regret that decision. So they want to engage in abortion to undo that decision to which I would say to you, that isn't fair to the child. Um, 
uh, it's her family is now wants the abortion, right? Mm-hmm. That that sort of stuff. Families fight all the time. Oh sure, right? And so and so, what if what if she what if, how would that work? Can she? Could the girl or the woman just say it? And then, so what if you know a six week ban? You know, because mm-hmm. it's it's already put, being put in place by Lindsey Graham, right? Mm-hmm. And once the House and the Senate goes re- Republican, then they'll they'll just kind of be forced to vote for it, or else they'll look uh, pro-abortion, right? Because anything you vote against, it would say that you're you're uh, pro-abortion so it, it, it's got a pretty strong likelihood to pass right i i well I, I appreciate the call we, the, we could look at it on the state level right we could look at it on the state level how would it work just in north dakota it's okay and it's okay for us because it's still just to moorhead right mm-hmm. but uh it's not it's not like that and then so what happens to like let's say let's say it wasn't consensual and now my daughter got uh, raped by a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. How are how are we supposed to how are we supposed to track down the gangbanger and go through the court system to prove that it was rape in six weeks? Yeah, I, I, I here's the what I would tell. Yeah, they'll, I, have, they'll, they'll just drag it out every day in court. That gangbanger mm-hmm. will just drag it out and destroy the little girl's life even more you're and then so you will have the baby and then he'll have custodial rights to it how I, does that work out i appreciate how your call did, but here you're not and you're not going to like my answer but here's here's what i would say to that what, I, what I would say to that is in the case of rape it still doesn't make it the baby's fault i get that that's an unpopular opinion i get that that is going to set a call like i believe he just it's not the baby's fault it just isn't it's terrible circumstances, horrific circumstances, not the baby's fault. Baby shouldn't have to pay for that mistake. Mistake on the part of the rapist, I might add. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Interesting discussion. Don't you think this is a human right, whether you're, which side of the fence you're on? Yes. It needs to be determined at a national level? Nah. Okay. If I thought that we had a common... Uh, scientific ground to start from and agree on yes i would i would go that route the problem is i think with abortion specifically because you're talking about the start of life or when does individualism or personhood occur because we don't agree on that definition i think it is an impossible discussion to have at a national level well it seems to me that there are plenty of uh factors that we do not consider to human life Okay. We we don't we don't count it in a census. We don't we don't count it uh, as a tax deduction. We don't you know. And as long as that uh, fetus is attached to the umbilical cord, mm-hmm. the mother has more rights. That child is not you know able to sustain its own life outside mm-hmm. that womb. Mm-hmm. No, and, I don't disagree with that. I don't know now. I mean, how does this look, Noah, in in uh, in real life practicality? I mean, what 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 is trying to be effectively done here? Right now, it's safe, effective, and done early on 99.9% of the procedures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What exactly, what does it look like in practice? Now that you just made it more difficult for these women at the hardest point in their life to, to decide. Now they got to figure out how they're going to jump states. Well, uh, 
so a couple things play in there, right? So the first is I think there I think an all out abortion ban is problematic and wrong precisely because sometimes there is no opportunity to save the baby's life. So regardless of what I believe or where we disagree on where life begins, we can in some cases agree there is zero percent chance of salvaging the baby's life. Therefore, why would we allow the mother to die as well? So I would agree with you. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I would just agree with you that there are some circumstances. What I struggle with is when it when the law allows people to use it as a form of birth control or like when that last caller, when I was talking to him, when it's, hey, it was a mistake. And so now we want to undo the mistake. That's where I draw a hard line in the sand and say, I just can't get behind that. But because I can't point to a specific scientific thing and say, here's here's what I'm basing my thing off of. And here's why I think you should do this. I agree it should go to the states. And I think the states largely should let physicians and patients decide what's right with them with a little bit of guidelines and boundaries like we're going to start with the assumption that this baby is going to be a person. And then when there isn't enough ways to help or protect or serve that baby, or like you say, the mother's life becomes in danger. Now we can start to scale back and say, all right, well, we're going to these things are not desirable, but they're necessary because there's no chance for the baby anyway. Okay, okay, fair enough. But on the dark side, then, what are you? What? what how? How are you going to mandate this break? What are you going to do? Uh, uh, put this woman in a locked facility to make sure that this, you know, that she takes care of this pregnancy. No, I mean, I mean, what, what, what? How do you think you're going to stop it from happening? I guess my point would be to stop the stop institutions from supporting the idea not so much stopping an individual from making a choice if the mother wants to go to a state where it is legal or wants to engage with a with a practitioner that isn't that doesn't see a problem with it i don't necessarily see it as my place to stop him or her you're forcing a lot of people that uh, in particular the fact that most is it fair would you agree that most people in this country agree that it's a necessary procedure at to some degree yes i would agree with that so why would it be a minority dictated mandated you know policy you know and then given to the states when it to me it should be a human right I, I thank you for the call. What I, I, I again, what I would say to that is because we don't have a shared premise to start from to say, here's where a human life is and here's where a human life is not. We, it's impossible to have that conversation at the national level because we just go around in circles. I say life begins at conception. You say life begins at birth. I come back and say, if a mother, if I go up and come up to a woman who's eight months pregnant, I sock her in the stomach as hard as I can. She loses the baby. I get charged with the death of the baby. You come back and say, well, we didn't pay taxes. You didn't get a tax deduction on the baby. So it's all over the place. There isn't a clear defined, oh, we can put it down on paper. This side is here. That side is here and evaluate the pros and cons. And here's what we arrive at. We wouldn't agree. We won't agree. And so the best the, the the Constitution anticipated that this was going to be a problem. And in response to this anticipated problem, the Tenth Amendment 
moves the the ability for creating law from the responsibility, rather, from the Constitution and the federal government down to the state level. So when we disagree, California can do wackadoodle California things. North Dakota can have a heartbeat bill. Minnesota can kind of be in between. And you, as a free American, get to decide where you want to live. 775-5559, you're on KNOX. Good morning. Good morning, Noah. So it's a basic human right to kill the innocent. Let's see, they throw baby showers, not fetus showers, not zygote showers, not clump of cells showers. Mm. And people will tell you they're going to have a baby, not a clump of human cells. Um, getting to the real point of why I called uh, the caller before the last caller was talking about, well, the Republicans, if they take over the House and the Senate, they're going to change it so they'll ban abortions. Um, first off, Biden wouldn't sign anything that would do that. And secondly, has nobody bothered to even evaluate what the court did when they overturned Roe. They said the federal government has no role in abortion, in dealing with abortion. So what that means is you can pass a federal law to either side. Joe Biden says if the Democrats hold the House and the Senate, he wants a, a, a bill that he can sign that codifies Roe v. Wade. It doesn't matter. Precedent already, already has said via the court. Mm that this is a state issue, not a federal issue. Mm -hmm. You can pass all the federal laws you want to either side. They are all unconstitutional. Because what's going to happen is those those cases will get appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will look and say, we've already made a decision here. Exactly. And it's not like Roe where it was bad law. This is law based upon the Constitution itself. Mm -hmm. They aren't writing new law like they did in, in the Roe case where they basically said... Yeah, there's really nothing in the Constitution that says that, but we think in the the penumbra of the Constitution, the outer areas, via the 14th Amendment, somehow we can kind of, I don't know, squeeze this in somehow and just create a new right because it sort of is how we interpret it. Mm -hmm. That's what made Roe so bad. This is simply a correction of bad law, and it keeps the federal government out of it from either side. No, you're absolutely right. I, I appreciate the call. Excellent points all around. I, you know, the reality is a big portion of medicine is the fact that what is available today or uh, excuse me. Yeah. What is available today wasn't available 10 years ago. And what is it was available 10 years ago wasn't available 20 years before that. The clip rate that medicine evolves is mind boggling. And so a lot of the problems that I think we face, we look and we go, well, there was no better way. So this is just what we did to people. I would all but guarantee you that 50 years, 100 years from now, we're going to have better solutions to some of these problems. And when we look back, we're going to look back and say, I can't believe what we did to human beings. That was that was horrific that we did that. And I'm not claiming that there's a one size fits all approach, but I think that I think there's. Better solutions than what we've seen so far, and I don't think the sky is going to fall as fast as people are making it out to be. We'll take the break here. We'll stop in the KNOX newsroom, get the latest from Doug Barrett. We'll continue the discussion next on News Radio 1310, KNOX 1079-1033 FM. This is Critical Thought.
News Radio 1310, KNOX 107.9, 103.3 FM. Good morning. It is 1043 and 46, so we make our way to a daytime high of 65. We're talking about abortion. North Dakota lawmakers passed a bipartisan bill back in 2007 that would outlaw abortion in the state within 30 days if the Supreme Court overturned the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. In June, that happened, and the 15-year-old legislation was triggered. Now, the one clinic, which was North Dakota's lone abortion provider, sued the state in July after Attorney General Wrigley set off a 30-day countdown certifying the U.S. Supreme Court's decision. In the months that followed, uh, Romanek, twice a judge, twice blocked the trigger law a day before it was to take effect, saying Wrigley certification was premature. Wrigley has said he acted according to the law. So this is this Bismarck judge that dealt, that made a decision to temporarily bar North Dakota's abortion ban from taking place after the Supreme Court uh, made their ruling. Now, Burley County District Judge Bruce Romanek on Monday upheld his previous decision try, uh, ruling to block the abortion ban while the legal battle continues between North Dakota and officials between Red River Women's Clinic, which recently relocated from Fargo, North Dakota to Moorhead, Minnesota, just across the border. My question to you at 775-5559, the way the law is stated today is that abortion is essentially illegal or will be illegal. This judge does not really have any legal teeth to stand on like there's nothing he can point to in the North Dakota Constitution, not a single word or syllable or phrase that mentions abortion. So this idea that it is a protected right in North Dakota is simply false. If we're going to take a stance on abortion, my suggestion is that we treat it like other emergency medical procedures in which we prioritize the health and safety of the patient or patients and if their safety can't be guaranteed or if some if a terrible decision has to be made, that person makes that decision with their doctor. But I'm interested in your thoughts at 775-5559. That is the number to join us. You can call or text that same number. Email us live at KNOXradio.com. You're on KNOX. Good morning. I'll go rapid fire. No, first of all, the judge clearly is a pro-abortion judge. You can tell by his rulings. Mm-hmm. He's just doing it because he wants to do it. That's that's all. That's all uh, liberal judges are. Uh, the rule of law means nothing to them. Any idea it's what it's based of, off of? Any idea like w- what he looks at and says, here is the law or no, here no, is the statute? No, there's, it's, not, it's not in the Constitution. It's not in the federal. It never was in the federal Constitution. It's, it's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to just your topic in the, the previous half hour in general, um, first of all, these people, you notice how the left is always the people of science. And let's just recap what the people of science have said. And then you, you people out there, you judge how accurate their people of science are. Here we go. Masks work. Lockdowns work. Social distancing works. The vaccine is a vaccine. If you get the vaccine, you won't get it. I mean, if you get the vaccine, you'll only barely get it. I mean, you could get, I mean, yes, some will die. Uh, and you'll get boosters regularly. Uh, there are more than two genders, and a baby in a mother's womb is the mother's body, but after birth, does she, what happened? I thought it was part of the body. Does she just does she occasionally throw out a liver or kidney, too? <laughs> so I, I, I can go on and on. I mean, it's just the people of science are not people of science. 
And, and if you really want to get to the heart of the matter, there's a simple way you can prove where they're at. Uh, and where they're at is very simply they like to kill babies. Um, pass a law. But I, I don't agree with this because I'm totally pro-life. But if pass a law, rape, incest, and the life of the mother. And, and I don't mean all the things. That, I mean the life. She's dying. Yeah. Put that up for a vote and see how the pro-abortion people vote. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. They will not support that law. So let me ask you something, because that, that was that was that was my original question was, does the law do we need to codify this more into law? Does this leave gaps in which somebody could somebody's life could potentially be threatened in pursuit of something that isn't achievable? So you have an atopic pregnancy. The only thing that's going to happen, you're never going to grow a, a baby in the fallopian tube. So eventually you're just going to cause damage to the mother's body. And then she and the baby are both going going to die. Um, in those circumstances, do you think that we need to enshrine anything else in law or do you think just saying by default, you're expected to treat the baby as a person if the, it's not viable, if you can't save it, will give you an affirmative defense to say, medically speaking, there was nothing we could do. I'm sorry. And then it's not we're not actively in pursuit of trying to terminate a life. Instead, we are trying to save a life. And in the process of doing so, we don't yet have the medical technology to save both lives. That to me is a different scenario, but I'm wondering, does yeah, that? I, well, I, I would agree in this context. I, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor, but the more I pay attention to doctors, there's a whole lot of liberal doctors in case people aren't paying attention. Number one, uh, which means many were pro-abortion. And in fact, on a side note, uh, tell me like to collect guns and see what a lot of them say. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the issue is uh, the default should go to the baby. And uh, if there's some type of minor tweaking, I can live with that, but but my issue is very simply this: they they don't want any of that. They once again they always say they're the people of compromise. Let's get, they don't want to compromise. Let's just cut to the chase. Hitler killed six million Jews. Roe v. Wade killed Roe v. Wade killed sixty two million babies. Mm. Who's the real genocide? Well said, sir. I appreciate the call. Seven seven five fifty five fifty nine. I got about a minute. Oh, just one little thought that, you know, when a lady's doing meth and alcohol, they can put her in jail for harming the baby. Well, I thought it's her body. See, this is, thank you. This is where we get to the point where we don't have, we don't have a consistent practice. Again, if you hit a mother that's eight, nine months pregnant with a baby, they're going to charge you for the harm to that child. So we're just, we're inconsistent. And we need to fix those consistencies before we can start enshrining them in law. So until then, leave it out. Local views, local issues. Your calls with Noah Chalaya. Weekdays at 9 on KNOX. On the way, the latest news headlines from ABC, followed by local news headlines out of the award-winning KNOX newsroom text message rates the crazy thing Bjerke is vehemently against abortion which is fine but I guarantee you he doesn't want to pay the army for additional tax to care for unwanted children that would be born without abortion you have to feed them house them close them educate them in an ideal world the parents would be held accountable for what they created we don't live in an ideal world and we know what happens to unwanted children I'll tell you what when all the parents that are looking for kids have children then we can talk about other solutions this is Critical Thought
Thanks for listening to Critical Thought. Download the show notes at criticalthought.show. The content from this episode was taken from the live radio show, which airs every weekday from 9 a.m. to noon on Newstalk 1310 KNOX. Streamed online at knoxradio.com.